This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. It is Wednesday, April the 26th, 2023, and a lot to get to on today's edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by the Bet Rivers Network. It has finally happened. Aaron Rodgers has been traded to the New York Jets, and Jet fans are living in la-la land right now. We're going to get to that. The NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, and some wild things going on in baseball, plus We could have another. We just had a big blockbuster trade in the NFL with Aaron Rodgers. Could there be more in store with the NFL draft in the next couple of days? What a week. It's the bullpen with Adam the Bull brought to you by the Bet Rivers Network. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, folks, we got no time to waste here. There's a lot to get to on this Wednesday. Aaron Rodgers has been traded. Could Dalvin Cook? Or DeAndre Hopkins be next? Huge blockbuster names on the trading block. Um, And all these things could go down with the draft. As I record this, less than 36 hours away starting on Thursday. But let's go back to the Aaron Rodgers trade. A trade that has been talked about an absurd amount over the past, uh, what, two months? However long it's been. And we've been talking about Aaron Rodgers possibly leaving uh, Green Bay for a while. But it finally happened that Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the Jets in what turned out to be a deal. And I think this is really interesting because consistently on this podcast, consistently on the TV show, I have said that I think Aaron Rodgers is not a great quarterback anymore, that he's on the decline, and I don't think he's going to be great for the Browns, uh, for the Browns, for the Jets. I think he'll be good. And he'll kind of, ta- I, I think it might be like a little like Brett Favre where he tails off as the, se- as the season goes along. Um, Aaron Rodgers will turn 40 later in the season. He did not, and I, I know he's not that far off from winning back-to-back MVPs, so it seems crazy. But he was not particularly good last year. Do I think he has better talent around him with the Jets? I do. Um, is it significantly better? I don't think so. I think they have better wide receivers, led by Garrett Wilson, the rookie from last year. He brought They brought in one of his own receivers from Green Bay, but Green Bay had two awesome backs to the Jets. I love Brees Hall, but he's coming off a serious injury. So what is he going to look like in the beginning of the season especially? We'll see. All that being said, I'm blown away by two things in reaction to this trade. I'm blown away, A, by... Many in the media and a lot of local fans here for me in Cleveland who feel like the, the the Jets gave up way too much in this deal. And the second thing I'm blown away by, but I guess I shouldn't be blown away by this because it's not surprising. This is what fans do. That 
Jet fans are now convinced. They're, I think they're all convinced they're the favorites to win the AFC, which is laughable. Now, if they end up winning the AFC, well, then the laugh's on me. But the fact that, that Jets fans think they're now better than Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati, not to mention a few other teams, to me is a joke. Those teams all still have better quarterbacks than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers at 30, soon 39, soon to be 40, is not better than Patrick Mahomes. He's not better than Joe Burrow, and he's not better than Josh Allen. Is the talent around them better? I don't think so. Do they have a better? Do the Jets have a better defense than some of those teams? Yeah, maybe by a little. But that doesn't make up for you know what the advantages those teams have. So now, do I think the Jets are a playoff team? Yes, I do. I've been saying that for a while. I said I've been saying for a couple of months that I think the Jets and the Browns will be the six and seven seeds in the AFC, and they'll be the two AFC teams that are new to the playoffs next year. Does that make them the favorite? Of course not, nor should it. Uh, but Jet fans are going bananas right now. I don't. I, I get it. The Jets, uh, for 50 years, have had no ability, none whatsoever, to draft a quarterback. They have drafted one bad quarterback after the next, no matter who is running uh, the regime there, no matter who's in charge, they have screwed up quarterback in the draft as they did again with, with, uh, Zane Wilson for now on. I'm, I've decided I'm not calling Zach Wilson, Zach anymore. It's the last time I will refer to him as Zach. He's unworthy of the name Zach. He I'm calling him Zane. I don't know that that's any better, but the point is he sucks just like every other quarterback they've drafted in forever. I guess some have been mediocre along the way, but almost every time they've made a, a plan at quarterback, they've screwed it up. They had some success when they traded for a nearly uh, 40-year-old Brett Favre, and now they're hoping for the same magic with Aaron Rodgers. Not that it got him uh, to the Super Bowl or anything, and I don't think it'll get him to the Super Bowl this year. But from the media members out there that are claiming... Now, I, I think a lot of people felt like the Jets had the leverage. I think it was going back and forth who had leverage. I don't think the Jets... The Jets gave up some good pieces, but you got to give up something to get something. Yeah, the Packers wanted to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Sure. But the Jets were in a desperate spot, too. They had no options. None. What else were they going to do with quarterback? They made all these moves to get Aaron Rodgers. They had to get Aaron Rodgers. So in the end, I don't have a problem with the deal. Is it going to turn out good for the Packers? Sure. But in the end, if you believe Aaron Rodgers is still a championship-level quarterback, whether I believe it or not doesn't matter. It's whether the Jets believe it. Now, the Jets, as we talked about, have pretty much screwed up their evaluation of quarterback every time they've done it. But they've had some success with older quarterbacks, right, on, on a level. We talked about Brett Favre, Boomer Esiason many moons ago. Um, there's been some examples of that with veteran quarterbacks. Uh, and and so, ultimately, if Aaron Rodgers helps the, the Jets get to the playoffs, and certainly if, if he get, leads them to the Super Bowl, then it doesn't matter what you gave up. You know, people analyze these trades of draft picks, but ultimately you can't win without a quarterback. And while I might think the Jets are not good enough, I do think they're good enough to make the playoffs, which gives them a shot. The Jets have a shot with Aaron Rodgers to get to the Super Bowl. I believe they have a shot. I don't think they're the favorites. I don't think they're a top four favorite, but they have a shot. And that's what you want. It, it, I've talked about this with Deshaun Watson. The Browns had no chance with Baker Mayfield. They took a shot, guy with character concerns, and took a shot. The Jets have done the same thing. So while I may be 
usually critical of the Jets. And while I think in the end, this won't pay off in a Super Bowl, I'm still giving the Jets credit, believe it or not. It doesn't sound like it, but I am. Because the Jets said, we can't win with these slappies that we've been using at quarterback. Zane Wilson, uh, uh, Mike, Mike White, uh, Joe Flacco, all these other scrubs that they've been throwing out there. Aaron Rodgers has a track record, has credibility. We'll find out how much he has left in the tank. But they try. They're trying to win the Super Bowl. I'm never going to kill a team for that. In terms of uh, the trade itself and what <clears throat> and what they gave up, uh, I just really don't think that the 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 price that the Jets paid was was that big a deal. I think people were going nuts um, in terms of what the the Jets gave up. But so here's the deal: so the Jets get Rodgers, obviously. So in this year's draft, the Packers flip spots with the Jets in the first round, move up two spots to 13 to 15. And what are you going to do? That's not a big deal. It's two spots. I don't think that's a big deal. So then the Packers get a second round pick. And then later in the draft, the Jets actually move up 37 picks from, I think, to the sixth to the fifth round. Okay, that's that's I'll, I'll call that a nothing. So to me, the Packers got a second-round pick this year and a second-round pick that if Rodgers is healthy, becomes a first-rounder next year. I don't think that's too much to give up for a quarterback that could take you to the playoffs. The Jets won't go to the playoffs without Aaron Rodgers. They will not. They were a fraud last year. I said they were a fraud last year. I had a lot of New York media members saying, the Jets are not a fraud. A lot of people responded to my tweets about the Jets being a fraud last year. They're not a fraud. They're this, the good defense. This is not 1985, 1995, or even 2005. You can't win without a quarterback in the NFL. The 49ers have the best non-quarterback roster in the league, and I don't think it's close. And they still can't go to the Super Bowl. Why? Because the quarterback, now, their quarterback, Brock Purdy was actually doing a really good job last year. And maybe he's the next big thing. I don't know. But uh, in the end, and they're the only team, these other teams without quarterbacks have no chance. The Jets said, we have to get Aaron Rodgers. We have to hope he's got something left in the tank. They don't know. It wasn't like he was terrible last year. He just wasn't special anymore. Can he get back to being special for a year for the Jets? And even if he retires after one year, I will not criticize the Jets for giving up the 42nd pick in the draft. And a, a, if it's a first-rounder next year, it means Rodgers played the whole season. If Rodgers plays the whole season, the, the Jets are at worst in the you know the top of the second half of the draft. So I'm going to kill the Jets for trading the 42nd pick and maybe, you know, at best probably the 15th to 20th pick next year. Well worth it. So people criticizing the Jets for giving up too much. I'm usually totally on board with killing the Jets for doing stupid things. I got no problem with what they did. I don't think they gave up too much. I'm completely fine with this. Now, Rodgers is a Jet. So the only situation a quarterback left to figure out is the rookies and Lamar Jackson. Will that get settled before the draft? I don't think so. I think Lamar Jackson is not signing that franchise tag anytime soon, and it doesn't It doesn't appear that they are close to any kind of resolution in that situation. As for 
where these quarterbacks may go. I got to tell you, for the most part, I hate mock drafts. I'm so sick of them. Um, everybody's guessing. The teams, as as gambling has become wisely become legal in more and more states, and in some states you can bet on who's going to get drafted where. With everything that went on with that lion suspension that we talked about last week, the league is being very careful here. They don't want leaks coming out of the teams when people can draft can can bet on who's going to be drafted where, and. Ultimately, when I hear about players moving up and down in the draft, to me, it just sounds like nonsense. It sounds like uh, I, I just don't buy it. And I guess we'll find out for sure when we see what happens with C.J. Stroud. Apparently, he got a real low score. It's no longer the Wonderlick test. or some other test. I don't know what it's called. And apparently he got a really low score in this. And apparently there's no quarterbacks that have gotten a low score and have been good. This test hasn't been around a while. I don't know how important it is. I don't know if I'm buying that uh, he's going to drop. I've said consistently that I don't love any of the quarterbacks in this draft. I've also said consistently that I am not an NFL draft expert. And let me tell you something else. Neither are most people that do what I do for a living. We got, you know, you got the guys who that's their whole job, whether it's Kuiper or McShay, my guy, Dane Brugler, uh, Field Yates, some of these guys, Brandon Stokely, who's going to be on with us on Friday, the former NFL player. There's guys, this is what they do. They study the draft for a living. I don't do that. And most guys like me don't do that. Now, some of them are fake asses and pretend they're experts on every player in this draft. I don't do that. What I do smartly is listen to the actual experts to be informed about my decision. See, I don't have to be an expert on everything. I have to be a, a, a know what I know and then trust other people to know some things to help me out. And that's what every wise person should do, but that's why I'm smarter than everybody else in sports talk. That's right. That's it. Anyway, I saw C.J. Stroud obviously play consistently in college at Ohio State. The guy looks like a legit player. Is it going to translate to the NFL? I don't know. I'm not convinced it will. He had such ridiculous talent around him. It's hard to believe. I know it seems like Bryce Young is going to go first to Carolina. The Panthers did say they know who they're picking yesterday uh, for tomorrow's draft. I, I, I just got to say, at, at 5'10", 204 pounds, as talented as he is, as great a leader as he is, as reportedly as great a guy as he is, I would be very, very hesitant to take a guy who's 5'10", 204 pounds, no matter how talented he might be, with the first overall pick in the draft. And I have really changed my mind on this over the last few years. I thought height and weight were overrated when it came to quarterbacks. I felt that way for many years, and I have changed my mind. I do think it matters, especially I, I almost think the body frame slash weight is almost more important than the height. I feel like if you, you know, like you look at Russell Wilson, who obviously went appeared to go off the cliff last year. We'll see if he can bounce back or Drew Brees. Those guys are little, but they're kind of sturdy. They're not skinny rails, those guys, uh, especially Russell Wilson. And I, I feel like if you're going to play really short in the N NFL, which you have no choice, you play really short as if, as if you could just make yourself taller, uh, then I'm not messing around. Then then if you, you better be a little thick to be able to take that hitting. 
You know, Bryce Young wasn't getting hit that much in Alabama. He's going to get hit in the NFL, especially on one of these scrub-ass teams he's going to end up on. So it'll be fascinating to see what happens. Uh, will B. John Robinson, the, the, the running back from Texas that everybody loves, will he get drafted in the first round? We have not seen a lot of first-round running backs in recent years in general. I don't like drafting a running back in the first round. Uh, I have less of a problem with it later in the first round. But if you think the guy's that special, ultimately, you know, people always say, well, we got to take this guy. We need this position. Well, you can't take a guy if you don't think he's as good as another guy. I mean, like, I understand quarterback, maybe you reach a little bit, maybe. Um, and somebody may do that. And and then a couple of years from now, we're like, why the hell did they take him? But ultimately, the smart teams generally take the best guy, even if he may not be an obvious fit for the team immediately. One other thing from the NFL, Dalvin Cook. There was a report this morning that Dalvin Cook uh, could be traded here sometime before the draft. Dalvin Cook is a highly talented player and has consistently been one of the better backs in the NFL. Uh, Last year, he played a full season for the first time in his career, played 17 games. He's been to the Pro Bowl four years in a row. He's never been an all-pro because he's never been the best back, but he's been really, really good. Um, 43 touchdowns rushing over the last four years, throwing another three uh, receiving. He's got over 1,100 yards four years in a row. However, his yards per carry has declined three years in a row to a career-low 4.4 this season as he played a full season this year. Uh, he's he's always been a you know a factor in the passing game, not a massive factor, but a but a factor. Um, and the Vikings seem ready to move on. Now there there is a report um, that Miami might be interested. Miami does not have a, a legitimate back. They have a few like you know they have Raheem Mostert. I think they brought back all those guys. Mostert. Um, I can't think of the other guys there, but they don't they don't have a true starting back. Now, Dalvin Cook would be that. However, he's owed a ton of money over the next few years. He'll turn 28 this summer. And there's been some off the field stuff. I, I don't know that I'm giving up. This is not a quarterback. Dalvin Cook's really talented, but often running backs go over the cliff even before they're 30. And I didn't watch Dalvin Cook game in and game out. I saw him enough last year. I didn't think he was quite as good as he'd been a few years ago. Maybe the injuries, the off the field stuff, who knows, took a little toll. He's had a lot of carries. I mean, he's carried the ball over 1,200 times in his NFL career. Those hits add up. It's tough to to still be good in your late 20s as a running back. That's why teams are usually moving away from those players, not trading for them. So in the end, I'm I'm not going to kill Miami, you know, trying to win a Super Bowl. I don't think they will, even with Dalvin Cook. But, you know, if they they probably want, I'm assuming won't have to give up that much to get Dalvin Cook because of his contract and his position. But I definitely would not give up a lot, no matter how good he is. And he's really good for a running back. Certainly not a 20, soon to be 28-year-old running back. <clears throat> In the NBA playoffs last night, a shocking thing happened on the way to the Celtics court, the Celtics or at least the last couple of nights, to a Celtics-Bucks coronation in the <clears throat> in the Eastern Conference. The Hawks rallied for 37 points in the fourth quarter, led by Trey Young's 38 for the game, and beat the Celtics in Boston 119-117. to Trey Young, who's 
I heard uh, Brian Scalabrini today say he might be the best offensive player in the entire National Basketball League. And he's not the first guy you think of, but just offensively. Uh, He was responsible for more points between points and assists. Responsible for more points than any player in the NBA. Played 44 minutes last night. Was 14 of 33 from the field. 5 of 5 from the line. 38 points and 13 assists. Magnificent game to lead the way. Um, And the Hawks, give them credit. They could have easily gone down. I think at the end of the third quarter, you figured there's no way that this game's over. The Celtics are moving on. Not so fast. They got to go to Atlanta for a game six. And so the Celtics being pushed to at least a game six against a team that finished 500 this season. Remarkable. Meanwhile, on Monday night, the Heat with a banged up, uh, playing against a, a banged up Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think I actually pronounced that right. And with without one of their best players, Tyler Hero, won again, 119 to 114. Now, when the Heat won the first game, I said very, very cocky in a very cocky way that the Bucs would win four straight. Well, I was 100% wrong. Now, they still may win the series. I am not counting the Bucs out. But with Giannis banged up, the Bucs are in some trouble here. Winning three in a row will not be easy. Now, two of the three will be at home, but it's never easy winning three in a row when you're down 3 1. Giannis did have 26 and 13. Brooke Lopez, you know, they lost that game. Brooke Lopez, I and mean, he's not going to play any better than that. 36 and 11. Middleton didn't shoot it well. Holiday didn't shoot. You look at everybody else Middleton, Holiday, Allen, Portis, Connaughton. The rest of the team, so Brooke Lopez and Giannis, were 25 of 45 from the field. The rest of the team was 17 for 52. That's like 30% from the field. And from three, the Bucks shot 33%. And again, uh, Brooke Lopez was four of seven. And you, so you take him out of there, seven for 37. That's less than 20% for the rest of the team. So they were awful. And they've got to pick it up around Giannis, who's not at his best. Meanwhile, Jimmy Butler in this game. I'm talking all about the Bucks. <laughs> Wild game. It was, the whole thing was Jimmy Butler. Nobody, he had, I mean, 56 points. Absurd. 15 of 18 from the line, 19 of 28 from the field. He didn't even shoot it that great from three, and he still had 56 to go with nine rebounds. Just remarkable. Uh, I mean, he was getting every shot. Bam Abadayo took 16 shots second on the team. Uh, Vincent took 13 shots. They're the only two other guys that took more than seven shots in this game, and they combined for 10 for 29. Nobody else really did much of anything in this game. Uh, at least from a shooting standpoint, but it was all about Jimmy Butler. What a magnificent performance by him. So when it, we all thought it was going to be easy, Celtics, Heat, uh, excuse me, Celtics, Bucks, no problem. There may be a problem. Now the Celtics, uh, I think we'd all be stunned if they don't win, if not game six, game seven. But the fact that they're even going to be pushed to a game six is shocking. It really is. 
Nuggets wiped out the Timberwolves. Not a surprise yesterday. Suns did the same to the Clippers. Not a great surprise. High-scoring game, 136-130. So those series are over. Got four games tonight, including the aforementioned Heat and Bucks. The Heat can end the Bucks season. 9.30 tonight, NBA TV. The game's in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's a huge favorite. You'd expect them to win. I'm not giving you any picks on the lines in the NBA. If I'm going to help you win money and get some picks, I give you my baseball because I'm I'm hitting two-thirds of my baseball picks, and I got a baseball pick for you coming up in a little bit. But um, so you got that uh, heat, heat and bucks. So obviously the Heat trying to end that series. The, the Lakers on the road try to end the Grizzlies season. I think they'll take care of business there. I kind of like the Lakers with the points, but it's a just a mild uh, pick, not a not a strong one. The other two games, you got the Knicks trying to end their series with the Cavs. This game about 15 minutes away from me here in Cleveland. Uh, Cap, I think the Cavs will win tonight, send it to a game six in New York, but I do think the Knicks now are going to win the series in six. And then the most exciting first-round series, the Warriors and the Kings. Tonight at 10 o'clock on TNT, Warriors are a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. De'Aaron Fox of the, of the Kings, who's been phenomenal in the series, has a broken finger, but he's going to wrap it up and play. Can't wait to watch that game. I'm going to have to force myself to stay up very late. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Real quick to the NHL playoffs, my man Monzo went to see his Rangers play. It did not go well. I don't know what happened to them. And it was it has to be very disappointing that the Rangers, who had a two games to none lead in their first round series against the hated rival Devils, uh, blew it. Devils scored two in the third period and win it 3-1. Um, and so the that series is now tied at two, and they'll play uh game four of five of that series on Thursday. Uh, last night in the NHL, you had uh, the Islanders beat the Hurricanes to make that series 3-2. Canes lead the series. Um, Stars beat the Wild 4-0. They're up 3-2. Oilers beat the Kings 6-3. Edmonton up in that series 3-2. And tonight, tonight you got Panthers-Bruins. Bruins lead that series 3-1. Kraken Avalanche, that's tied at 2. But also on Thursday, I mentioned uh, the Rangers and Devils on Thursday. Lightning and the Leafs. On Thursday at 7 o'clock, the Maple Leafs have not won a playoff series in almost two decades. One of the pillar franchises of the NHL. Can they finally get it done and not choke away a 3-1 lead? We'll see. Finally, we go to baseball. Major League Baseball. Um, uh, Yesterday, or, uh, well, yeah, yeah, kind of yesterday, but Fernando Tatis... Came off the suspension list finally. And he's going to get harassed, especially early, wherever he goes. Last night at Wrigley Field, it was cold. People were harassing him. And he starts dancing in the outfield. And I loved it because, like, you got to go with it. You can't fight people and be angry and pissed off. You got to go with it. Keep it loose. Uh, Padres, so far, one of the bigger disappointments to start the year. They're 12 and 13. They have. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Juan Soto. I talked about this recently. It's stunning. Two of the biggest shockers in the Padres. Juan Soto's been awful, and Blake Snell, awful. He's got a 540 ADRA. 
Um, Tampa Bay just they lost yesterday, still twenty and four, which is a remarkable start to the season. I think in eighty four the Tigers started thirty six and four, which is crazy. American League East, everybody's still over five hundred. Guardians have been a huge disappointment in the Central at eleven and thirteen. The White Sox, the White Sox, who a lot of people every year pick to win. Uh, I did not have them in the playoffs. I did not believe in them when a lot of people do. I feel like the Angels and White Sox are two teams people buy into every year that I don't. Uh, and the White Sox are seven and seventeen. That is crazy that they are that bad. Third worst team in, in baseball right now. Behind Kansas City at six and eighteen and Oakland at five and nineteen. Man, Oakland's been outscored by 104 runs this season. That is crazy. 104. The second worst run differential in the in the big leagues, the Royals at, at 51. They've been more outscored by more than double the second worst team. This may shock you. The team leading the league in the National League in, in the run differential, the Cubs at plus 45, in what's been a, an interesting central to start the year. The Pirates, Brewers, and Cubs all playing well, although the Brewers have now lost three in a row. Brewers were expected to be pretty good. Cubs and Pirates were not. The Cardinals, the favorites, the overwhelming favorites in the Central have been terrible. Not quite as bad as the White Sox, but 9-15. and 15. They've been atrocious. Uh, Braves, not a surprise, leading the East. Mets over 500 as well. Phillies off to a bad start at 11-13. and 13. Um, One other thing uh, from yesterday in baseball, a couple of wild games yesterday. Um, the Pirates did lose. They'd been, they'd won seven in a row. And interestingly enough, the Dodgers have gotten to the point. They, their bullpen's been so decimated over the last few years that f- like former starting pitcher Shelby Miller, who was good a w- years ago and had been a total disaster had gotten the yips and he'd been a mess. Uh, he got a save for the Dodgers last night, which was wild to see that, that he's worked his way into a kind of a high leverage role with the Dodgers. And an, and something else, the 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 Yankees lost to the Twins yesterday, six to two. So the Twins, with one game left against the Yankees today, have won the season series against the Yankees. And I believe I got to double check this. It's the first time that the Twins have won the season series against the Yankees since 2001. Just to make sure I'm right about this. Uh, yes. First time since 2001. 22 years. The Yankees' ownage of the Twins has been remarkable. Now, I still would take the Yankees in a series in the playoffs when it matters. But right now, kudos to the Twins. Byron Buxton was asked about this this yesterday. And he looked at the guy who asked him, like, is that serious? Are you serious? Are you serious right now? It's kind of crazy. Um, Joe Ryan, a young pitcher for the Twins, has been great so far this season. He and Sonny Gray have been leading the way. Uh, they've both pitched tremendously well so far in the season. Let's wrap it up with my Bet Rivers pick of the day. We go to Major League Baseball. Where, as I've said, I've hit on two-thirds of the games I'm picking. I'll give you a couple today. Let's go with the Diamondbacks on the run line. I mean, you certainly feel free to bet them to win, but it's minus 275. That would be lame for me to pick that. On the run line, they're minus 117, minus one and a half against the Royals. We talked about the Royals have been awful. 
Um, Arizona has um, – I'm just drawing a blank. I got to bring it up. I think Zach Gallon's pitching for them today. But, um, yeah, Zach Gallon against Ryan Yar- Yarborough, who's really struggled for the Royals. So I, I like, again, on the run line to get much better money, the up-to-date line uh, run line odds at, at the Bet River Sportsbook for the Diamondbacks is minus 117 at a run and a half. And I, I'll give you um, a dog I like today, and that's the Marlins. Why can I not find the Marlins now? Did we take the Marlins off the board? No, there they are. The Marlins are plus 135 against the Braves. Now, it's a risky play. The Braves have been really good. Bryce Elder's pitched really well uh, for the Braves. And Sandy Alcantara has really struggled, and there was thoughts he might miss a start. So I'm taking a risk here. But my guess is this guy's a good enough talent. Maybe he gets over the hurdle of left the last game. He's struggling. He's going to show a little pride. And I think the Marlins will win this game outright. So I'll take them plus, 30, plus 135 to win. So that's two games for you. I do like the Cubs also today. But right now that, that line is off the board. I don't know why it's off the board. So is there something going on with that pitching matchup? Let me just look at that for a second. Uh, Cubs and Padres. Yeah, I don't know why it's off the board right now. But I, I do like the Cubs. I, I don't think on the money line, it'll they'll either be a slight favorite, maybe be a slight favorite. So I kind of like the Cubs too. It's it's a little prisoner of the moment because Drew Smiley pitched well, well his last time around. It's more about the Padres uh, playing in this cold weather. It's going to be pretty cold at Wrigley today. These West Coast teams don't like to play in this weather. And I just don't like the way the Padres feel right now. Not not White Sox level bad, but I just don't like their the feel of that team at the moment. All right, thanks to Brian Monzo for producing, as always. Thanks to all of you for listening, as always. Um, if you haven't done so recently, please go to your local blood bank. Go to the Red Cross, whoever. Donate blood. Donate platelets. There's a lot of people in need. Um, and there you go. Coming up on Friday's edition of the Bullpen, I'll be joined by uh, former NFL player Brandon Stokely. He'll he'll help me uh, look back at the first round of the draft, which, of course, is tomorrow. We'll break that down for you. That's all on the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by the Bet Rivers Network. We'll see you next time. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.